0: things we've talked about Marshall will get back into the jesse smollett thing in about a half an hour it's jesse jackson that got him off has to be mm. he did his so-called public service in jesse jackson's office this past weekend yeah but what motivated jesse the old has-been flex his muscles and show mm. i'm still more powerful than the mayor maybe i, I want
1: know. i want a kamala's phone records tapped or checked or turned over or something. If you haven't
0: heard the details on this, it's pretty interesting. Oh my God. Nobody's yeah. happy with it, including, you know, super, super progressives that are unhappy with it.
1: Well, and the, to me, the most horrific, delicious, deliciously horrific aspect is Jussie holding a, a press conference immediately announcing that he's been telling the truth all along. He's been cleared and the rest of it. Man, oh man. The people who were on the take and dishonestly got him off. They've got to be mad at him, saying, dude, you go off quietly. You don't make a show of it. We broke all sorts of laws. We pulled all sorts of strings. We took bribes. you got to be quiet. Well, it's all going to go Bluey, guaranteed. Awesome. So listen, um, if you're interested in an election and you Google a name of a candidate or a person, I'm sorry, or a, uh, an issue or that sort of thing. Peter Buttigieg. Which, I don't know how to spell he's
0: uh he's coming up in the polls. Yeah, look that up in Iowa. What did I see over the weekend? He's like number two or something.
1: Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. good. He's gotta grow a beard or something, though. He looks like a child. He's very he, young. He is young. Yeah. yeah he's my is. age. So anyway, back to the Google thing. Uh there are those, including San Diego psychologist Robert Epstein, that believes your Google results will push you left, politically speaking. And he's been studying Search engine uh, results and their effect politically for a number of years, and we ought to talk to uh, Robert at some point, and I'm sure we will. Um, But this is really interesting from the San Diego Union Tribune. Even scholars who think he's wrong about the political impact of search engines, um, because he believes there's bias built into Google's processes, and he thinks it could have been a factor in three reliably uh, Republican congressional districts falling in the last election. I think it has more to do with vote harvesting, the unholy and and, and illegal everywhere but California practice. But anyway, um, even people who disagree with him have started paying attention to his on his I'm sorry to his detailed work on how voters respond to the tens of thousands of search results he's uh, he's studied. They say you know we're not crazy about his methodology, but he's absolutely asking the right questions. Says a professor of information study at UCLA, Ramish Srinivasan. The larger issue he's looking at is extremely (laughs) important. We turn to these efficient technologies to do almost everything these days without knowing why what we see from them or what data is collected about us and how it's being used takes shape. Um, Now, Epstein calls the phenomenon the search engine manipulation effect. Quote, these are forms of manipulation people can't see. The technologies can have an enormous impact on voters who are undecided. People have no awareness the influence is being... Exerted, Google denies all this,
0: which might be the crowd that controls all close elections.
1: Yep, yep. In his latest study, in which he and a co-author are they're going to present in April, um, at the Western Psychological Association in Pasadena, Epstein tracked forty-seven thousand three hundred searches by dozens of undecided voters in uh, a few uh, congressional districts in California. Mainstream outlets, including the Los Angeles Times and the New York Times, dominated the Google search results. By contrast, searches conducted on Yahoo and Bing more often showcased links from deeply conservative outlets, such as Breitbart. Using a model he's developed to gauge the subliminal effect of what he sees as tilted search results, Epstein projected that about thirty-five thousand five hundred voters who are on the fence were persuaded to vote for a Democrat entirely because of the sources Google fed them.
0: I've been I've been pushed directions before that way. I there's some story I just kind of know about, like what James Comey had to say about something. Mm-hmm. The headline matters because the headlines are written such a way to push you one direction or another all the time, and so you hit me with. All all my search results, the first five of them are all headlines that push me one direction from the New York Times, from the Washington Post, for whatever. I don't do any deeper digging than that. Mm -hmm. I can think, oh, okay, that's what happened. As opposed to if I got Breitbart's version of it or the New York Post's version of it. But that's not what they're giving me. Right. And Google
1: says, well, no, it's about the uh, most popular and respected uh, results.
2: Respected by you. no, 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 respected by the users. And there's probably, like... There are. I fully. I believe that there are more young liberal people actively googling than there
0: are older conservatives. I, like, I, you mean by all users, not the individual users? Correct. Oh, correct. Right.
2: These are all outsourced to algorithms. I don't think there's somebody twirling his mustache trying to force <laughs> feed.
0: You know, our no, individual I, people. I, be, I believe it's all algorithms too. I think that's what the guy's trying to point well, out.
1: Somebody's writing those algorithms, and they have biases, flaming biases. But they're biased towards engagement, and I and I think these things are. Not exclusively, Sean. You can't deny that Silicon Valley has a leftward bent in general. The guys who, who go through Twitter accounts to decide what's hate speech and what's not well, as that's, wildly that's, biased.
0: That's clearly true. That's clearly true. I, but I also could believe that the algorithms, just because of the New York Times prominence and Washington Post prominence yes, and everything, yeah. they just would get more people would engage in them. And so the algorithms would show this is more of what people want. And it would just grow that way.
1: Sean, go ahead and finish your point, though. It's sure to be wrong. <laughs>
0: I I just don't think that the the I don't think
2: there are people doing this. I think these get outsourced to algorithms and these are these are side effects of It's an
1: accidental result. Yes. Yeah, yes. okay. I, fair I enough. believe yep. they're true, but I think they're not on purpose. So you're partially wrong. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Epstein says the large readerships that sites such as Breitbart receive should earn them more prominent Google exposure. Um Uh, It is It's hard to imagine
0: an algorithm that is going to push Breitbart's result up to the top when I Google some news story. What you are seeing here might be
1: indicative of a kind of blacklisting. It's astonishing that Breitbart and some similar websites are not more present given the enormous traffic some of these websites get. Google, he says, is trying to make judgments, quote, based on some measures of what they consider to be quality. They have said this publicly. They are trying to judge what is good and what is bad. Uh, Google say it'd be corporate suicide to use our influence uh, over voters to sway elections. But that's that's the wrong, uh, you're answering the wrong question. As Sean said, I don't think it's as much twirling mustaches as it is, um, you know, the mainstream. uh, uh, Let's go, let's back up for a second. Proposed, as they say in the debate world. um, The mainstream media leans left. Well, the judges are going to get up and say, "Well, there's no point in debating this. Everybody knows it." Re- Democrats outnumber Republicans in America's newsrooms eight to one. Oh yeah, that's not even an argument. So, but, but if that there's that much bias in the quote unquote big media, and Google defaults toward big
0: media, which well, what you couldn't blame them. What, you know, if I was going to put together a search engine and I, and people are searching news stories, I could see how my algorithms would bring up most of the big media. But, but, the but that, that is, by definition, going to lean left, no doubt. When you get the results, right? The, but
2: with the conservative sites popping up on you on Yahoo and Bing, I don't, th- I don't think there's are more necessarily conservative ownership groups. But uh, Yahoo, one of their biggest things that, that keeps them relevant is Yahoo Finance. People, people looking at the markets and looking at financial news, are probably going to be more likely conservative. Interesting. And and so they engage on Yahoo, then those things get elevated.
1: That Um, absolutely could be. Jacob Shapiro, professor of politics and international affairs at Princeton, where
0: I went... Does anybody want to discuss Bing? No. I didn't think so.
1: (laughs) I'd rather be ignorant than learn something (laughs) on Bing. (laughs) Jacob Shapiro from Princeton, where I went to pick up a pizza, says... We need to understand the potential impact of these under the hood choices. The question we should be asking is what do we need to do to nail down how consequential this is? And what systems do we need to create as a uh, society to minimize the negatives? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, we that's... need to, but it would be nice to know. And that's what Mr. Epstein is really most sure. interested well, if, in.
0: If there are people, I like the imagery of twirling their mustaches, yanking. Pulling strings. Yes. We should know that. Yeah, If it's the algorithm thing, that's interesting too. But if they're like in my town, there's a newsstand, uh, a story they sell all kinds of magazines and stuff like that.
3: What is go- this? the olden days? Yeah, I know.
0: I can't <laughs> believe it still exists, but it's kind of cool. But if you go into where all the newspapers are, the front newspapers are all going to be left leaning. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is because you're going to sell more New York Times, Washington Posts. There's probably a Wall Street Journal on the front, which is right leaning, but anti Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just what's going to be in front, because that's what most people are looking for. So I don't know how you'd get away from that.
1: Yeah, actually, the Wall Street Journal thing, I'd say they're corporate-leaning, which is different than Trump, which is
0: different than right,
1: which is, sure.
4: yeah. That's... as
0: As they've said, they hate everything about Trump but his policies.
1: Right. Uh, and finally, this note from a, uh, a researcher at UCLA, a scientist. She says, uh, her last name's Noble, We use these search engines as if they are arbiters of truth, and they are not. They are global advertising platforms. They are not fact-checkers or public interest technologies. The minute you start to engage these broader social issues on a search engine, you run up against its
0: limits. Wow, that's interesting.
1: So we ought to talk to uh, the good doctor, Dr. Epstein. Let's get him booked, and maybe, you know what? We ought to do one of our big, fat, Armstrong and Getty XL podcasts, have highlights on the show, and you can dig the podcast if you choose. It's at... Uh, iHeart uh, Radio or uh, iTunes or wherever podcasts are given away for free because we're stupid.
0: Coming up, coming up, this could catch on. One county banning unvaccinated kids from their public places. I wonder if this is going to catch on around the Putting country. Up high fences. Also, what are those kids' names? I've got more on parents who regret the names they gave their children.
1: Oh, and are you a guy? You're a guys guy. You're a hard guy. You go around looking for Navy Seals to beat up. We have the cat for you.
0: (laughs) What? Okay, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
3: The
4: Armstrong and
0: Getty Show. I wanted to play a little Cardi B because this story came out yesterday. Cardi B is a well-known rapper used to be a stripper. And back when she was a stripper, a rapper stripper, when guys would hit on her, she'd say, yeah, let's go meet at this hotel over there. And then she would drug them and rob them. Hmm. She said, that's what I used to do. I had limited options. I had to make some money. Now, I do think (sighs) the kind of guy who thinks he's going to score with a stripper probably deserves to be drugged and robbed. Oh, wait a minute. They hit it off. (laughs) He's there in the
1: club (laughs) enjoying a nice fruit juice. She seemed to really like me. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, that's bull crap, man. No, that's wrong. Because I was dragged once, and it it traumatized me for years. I've been dragged to a strip club. And they work like crazy to make you believe they're fascinated by you. And then they take the gullible and drug them and beat them down and rob them, and you're fine with that? Label this segment of the podcast, Jack is pro-armed robbery.
0: Or I thought it was a funny joke.
2: Which it is. Disgusting! There was no... I don't believe there was any admissions of beatdowns, but just they would wake up and all their stuff would be gone.
0: It's a a chemical (laughs) beatdown. You got a good life lesson... That chick yeah, that is yeah. so far out of your league you can't even, you don't even know that league right. says she wants to meet you at the hotel. Right. You are a moron. Right. You are a moron. You are going to get robbed so much in your life unless this happens to you. This might be the best thing that ever happened to you. You ought to go back and tip her the next <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was a good lesson. Class Thank you. A. Laura. I'm
1: an idiot. Thank you for pointing it <laughs> good out. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway, anyway, where were that's we? That's a heck of an admission. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say. Gives her street cred.
0: She's got she's got for, for real street cred, I think. Oh, yeah.
1: I wouldn't fight her. A stripper <laughs> who
0: would meet guys back in the hotel, which is pretty risky, mm. then drug them and rob them. <laughs> she got in a shoe-throwing
2: fist fight with some other rapper at the backstage of, a, of an award show. Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you got one county on the East Coast that has now decided uh, to ban unvaccinated kids from public places. Because of the measles outbreak uh, that's happening in various places in the United States. Beautiful it's, Rockland County, New York, I believe. This is the first place that has uh, tried this, first county that has tried this. I don't know if this is going to catch on or not. In that county, only 73% of children are fully vaccinated for measles. Uh, wow. I would have guessed it was higher than that. Only 73%. So you got a quarter that aren't. Yeah. And um, so... Well, th- th- are they going to ask you for your your immunization schedule before you step into the public park, or how does that work?
1: No, nah, I think it's kind of like a retroactive thing. If they find out somebody was in public and started spreading the measles, they can get you for that. Or they're sending a message. Chase down every kid with a wet cough. Hey, come
2: here!
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Let me see your papers. One in seven. Just like Nazi Germany. <laughs> uh, James Comey's on uh, Nightly News tonight on NBC. What the hell? They're interviewing James Comey about the the Mueller report and what he thinks of it. Did they
2: go out to the woods where he was staring up uh, listlessly talking about so many
0: questions? And I like the picture they've got of him up there where he's got that usual kind of self-satisfied, I'm the king of everything that is right look on his face. I'm very wise. (laughs) Look at how wise. Look upon me in my wisdom. Exactly.
2: Do you think Comey went out specifically to get that picture? Or do you think he just has a camera roll full of... (laughs) Me in thinking poses, ready to to hit people with daily affirmation tweets.
0: <laughs> I don't know. That was something. That was he is he that is, was quite something. He is something. And and he was followed by McCabe. You got you got interesting people involved at a very high level of a very important uh, governmental thing. Anyway, uh, more on that. I'm sure we'll have clips of that tomorrow. One in seven parents admit they made a terrible mistake with the name they chose for their child. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that. 28% of people have even told their child that they regret choosing the name that they gave them. I respect I, the honesty. Can't imagine ever saying to my kid, you know, I really, really regret naming you, Henry. That was a bad idea. Wow. What? Enos, little Enos. What does that do you use as a little kid? I don't know if you named him Enos or Adolf. Or <laughs> Jiminy. For instance. One in ten children told their parents that they don't like the name themselves. That's too bad. I
2: would have guessed that would have been higher. Really? Yeah. People not liking their names. I've, I've, that's I've, a near universal at, like, age 14, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. And that's when you start changing your spelling on your hey, name. So call it. me
2: Xandor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this name is stupid. Call me Xandor.
1: One in five. <laughs> hey, let's keep this moving. i got to get to the world's manliest cat.
0: One in five parents dis- uh, w- disliked the name once it became too popular with other moms and dads. Mm. Wow. And then decided they don't like it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, well, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I don't like it.
1: Well, I'm not. I, we don't have the time for this story. Uh, it has to do with one of my kids because I need to talk about the world's manliest cat. Okay, which is the Ashera cat. weighs thirty freaking pounds. It's the size of an ocelot. I mean, this is a big cat. This is a big, cool looking cat. Thirty pound. Point cat. number one. Hey, going with your eyes open, they can go from twenty thousand to one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. These cats.
0: And they're fine looking yeah. cats. You buy that cat, you're probably meeting Cardi B in the hotel. So my son's
1: in a band and, and they now I have a cat. They adopted a cat in the apartment where they live, and um and I texted him, I said, Son, I'm disappointed to band cat yet. I have a Rottweiler and wear lots and lots of leather, the kind with spikes on it. <laughs> he said, No, it's a really nice cat. I said, I'm most comfortable with cliches. <laughs> so I appreciate it. They have an official band cat. I have a website that has the funniest cat related uh, item you've ever heard of in your life. I've stolen all of Marshall's time. He has the news next.
0: Jussie Smollett's story even more interesting. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Who's running for president is now in third place in Iowa. Wow. Which uh, makes him for real, and he said he wants to broker a deal between the gay community and Chick fil A. He said, I don't like their policies, but I like their chicken. There you go. (laughs) Get them
1: to stay open on Sunday. I'm all for it. (laughs) Send them over to Israel. Get them uh, the whole Gaza Strip thing, if he can broker that. Delicious sandwiches. More on that later. Love my Chick-fil-A. So uh, alert listener Marty turned us on to a a website called dudeiwantthat.com that has all sorts of unbelievable products, including this one. Positive Sean, cat enthusiast on this staff here, I'm I'm sure, is going to be interested in this. (laughs) It is the... Uh, whoops, I just clicked away from it. It is the Become Your Cat mask. You send this Japanese company oh several God. pictures of your cat, and they will design a fur mask, full-size mask, so you look exactly <laughs> like your cat. Oh, my
0: God. It's Not only-
1: exactly right. It's only an awful lot like it. It's only $2,700.
4: <laughs> so
1: if you're the sort of person who's already bought the Licky Brush, which is that cat brush you put on your tongue so you you can lick your cat to groom it, the next step is clearly this become your cat mask.
0: And I'll tell you what, dude, Cardi B wants to meet you in the hotel room. She's <laughs> really into you, seriously. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips.
4: Well, Jesse Smollett's attorneys on Good Morning America talking with George Stephanopoulos. If the brothers are saying that he helped them stage this attack, you're saying the brothers are lying? Absolutely. They're, they're not telling the truth? No. Those are the two brothers that were hired supposedly to stage the attack on Mr. Smollett. Well,
0: and Smollett talked about the uh, racist conspiracy, so he must be talking about the chief of police and Rahm Emanuel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Part of a racist conspiracy, just to keep the black man down, because they're both known for that sort of thing. The black police chief and Rahm
4: Emanuel. Tina Glandians also says she's got uh, no idea who attacked Smollett. They n- Neither one of them had any idea who attacked him until the brothers were let it later identified by police and she went know, I'm,
1: I'm leaning toward the guys who say they did it and are on videotape buying all the accessories huh? I'm leaning that way
4: and his lawyer says uh, she and Smollett were shocked at the mayor and the police superintendent doubling down yesterday when the prosecutor after a dispassioned look at the evidence realized that this does not hold up and chose to voluntarily dismiss all counts and expunge his record that is absolutely not what happened
0: the, the key turn in the story to me today is she mentioned yesterday his public service is one of the reasons that he should get right. off in the the public service and we finally found out thanks to TMz that his public service was working for jesse jackson's organization, the known well known race hustler who's got his uh, headquarters there in Chicago and apparently still runs that town because Jesse worked at jesse J- jackson's building for eight hours on Saturday, and then another right. 10 hours this on Monday, as in two days ago. According <laughs> two, to
1: J- Jesse and Jesse. Two Jussie.
0: days ago, he stuffed envelopes and worked in the gift shop at Jesse Jackson's place over the weekend so that then people could come out and say, right. well, with the, with the public service that he's been doing, he should, he should be Scott. And
1: as you pointed out earlier, public service doesn't mean anything. Community service mm-hmm. is something that the judicial system assigns you. Right. Public service is just words. To confuse people.
4: Right. And after the charges were dropped yesterday, Chicago Democratic Mayor Rahm Emanuel came out and said that Smollett used hate crime laws to advance his career, which will cast doubt on legitimate claims made by others. And he did this all in the name of self-promotion. And he used the laws of the hate crime legislation that all of us collectively over years have put on the books to stand up to be the values that embody what we believe in. This is a whitewash of justice.
0: This could be a chance for the David Axelrod, Rahm Emanuel crowd to take on Jesse Jackson publicly. Uh, I wonder if that's what's going to happen. If he's really the, the 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 guy behind the curtain on this, Jesse, I don't know. I wonder. Not I'm sure somebody he's still got the juice. Somebody but, powerful is. Right, more yeah. powerful than the mayor and the chief of police. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. And then so they pull off this ridiculous exoneration. of the, Well, expunged his record. Right. It's not an exoneration, but. They sealed all the records sealed and everything, the, having not gotten a plea even, not gotten a fine while well, he gave up his $10,000 right. bond, which is weird. No community services. They just gave up on, on the, uh, the charge. And then old Jesse and his lawyer hold this big press conference saying he has been exonerated, cleared of all the charges. Right. And I'm telling you, the people who took one for his team, they're pretty nervous right now because they really thought he'd just melt into the night.
4: All this confusing a number of people, including uh, Senator and presidential hopeful Kamala Harris. She says, I don't quite understand.
3: To be perfectly honest with you, Wolf, I'm completely confused. I don't understand. I don't know. I, I don't know the underlying evidence. I have you know, there, there's a sealed document, obviously. I don't know. I'm at a loss. I think we're going to have to leave it up to the judgment of the, the prosecutor. I think we should leave it up to the judgment of the police chief to, to, and the mayor, of course. To give us some better sense of what's going on, I don't know. Well, he's yeah, out on she an knows island. It's dirty. Yeah. He's
0: on out on an island. He doesn't have the support of uh, of anybody. Good luck with this, Jussie.
4: Verizon is ready now to roll out some new tools to block robocalls and alert people to spam. The nation's biggest wireless providers are expected this week to announce free features for wireless customers who have smartphones that can support those features, including Android Android rather, and iPhones.
0: Awesome. Hey, by the way, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk to our old friend Stephen Moskowitz about changes in the tax code in the last year or so as we get closer to April 15th.
1: Important stuff,
4: yeah. too. Not,
0: not ticky-tack. So stay tuned for that.
4: One last quick note. TV host Wendy Williams is back at a sober living wow. facility in Queens after being hospitalized on Monday. She went into work drunk. It sounds like. She was reportedly... Yeah, so what?
2: I've seen the show. How can you go into work sober on that set? And I've gone into work drunk, so I'm, you know.
4: She was reportedly found drunk hours after her husband's alleged mistress gave birth. Mm. <laughs> so that, so she, she leaves the sober
0: living home, gets hammered, goes to work, then goes back to the sober living home. All because her husband knocked up some woman.
4: Well, okay. Had a baby. Had a baby. Yeah. Yep. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
0: That's a problem with the sober living home. You can leave whenever you want. It's not a jail. If you decide, you know really? what? I could use a drink. Hey, the right there? there that's a you problem
1: can... in your world. Do you <laughs> yeah. want drunks jailed? No. <laughs> Jack no, but... calls for
0: jailing of drinkers. <laughs> no, but it's the, you know, if the person doesn't want to be there or quit, morning with just, Cotton Mather, they can just walk across the street <laughs> to the bar if they want Are to. They there. charge by the day or the week. <laughs> I gotta
1: check these things out. <laughs> There are some mornings I've woken up and thought, I'd like to be in a sober living home, (laughs) at least for a little while. (laughs) So what's new in the tax code? How does it affect you? There are big opportunities and uh, pitfalls as well. We'll talk to our longtime uh, friend, tax advisor, Stephen Moskowitz. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience Of 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 the nation.
3: The Armstrong and Getty
0: Show. I was just thinking as we're about to talk to a tax expert how upsetting it must be to him these stories about taxpayers all across America feeling like their taxes went up because their refund is smaller. Right. Even though they, their taxes actually went down.
1: Yeah. Well, we've known uh, Stephen Moskowitz for years in a variety of capacities, uh personal and professional and the rest of it. And I'll tell you something about Stephen is he feels about taxes like shirtless guy in the stands feels about football. He is so into it. uh It makes it fun to talk about the the changes in the tax code and a lot more. Stephen Moskowitz joins us. Steve, how are you, sir?
3: I'm great and really happy to be a guest on your show, and you know how excited I get when we talk about taxes.
1: <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Right. So and
1: I really do. We could start there. People who feel like their taxes have gone up because their refunds have gone down under the new law, are you frustrated reading those news stories?
3: Yeah, you have to take a look at the totality. Now, some people's taxes really did go up, because with this new tax law, there really were winners and losers. But an awful lot of people don't realize when they get something in every paycheck That at some point you pay for it and theoretically with the time value of money, you're better to get the money as soon as you can invest it. But what happens in real life, a lot of people just spend it and when they got the refund, it's like the old Christmas clubs that had a chunk of money and they could do something with, you know, buy something or go on a trip. That's, That's what they're missing.
1: Right, right. So let's talk about the changes in the tax code recently. What's the headline to you? What has had the most effect, positive and negative, on people?
3: Oh, by far, the 80% pass-through, where if you qualify, you only pay tax on 80% of your business profit. That's the biggest one out of all this. This really, really helped business people. Doesn't do a thing for employees, but if you're in business and you qualify, who would want to pay tax on 80% of their profit instead of 100%? And qualifying real estate. What do you mean qualifying? Can you pay tax on only 80% of your real estate profit? Yes, if the real estate is a business. No, if it's an investment. So what's the difference between a real estate business and investment? Yeah, There's a laundry list of rules and essentially how much time you spend with it, what you're doing with it, how many properties you're managing. And then the government came along with something called the aggregation rules. And without going into all the technicalities, you know, these things have limitations on it. One of the ways to get around the limitations is you have the choice of putting properties together where some properties, say, would qualify or businesses, some don't. But if you put them together and you qualify for that, you get the benefit of the 80% on the profit for all of them. So there's
1: so much here. Oh, my God. And it's mind-bogglingly complex. And honestly, and I don't mean to put you out of work, uh, but the fact that it's this confusing and complicated is just, it's a sin to me. It's un-American. It
3: really is. And I mean, you know, there's a, there's the big joke. Where every time there's a tax simplification act, and there have been tax simplification acts since I've been in practice for over 30 years, the, the big joke is it's the tax people's full employment act where it just gets more and more complicated and this exception and that. And most people really do need to rely on somebody because if not, you can leave so much on the table and there's all kinds of changes, like with the 529 college plans. Now you can use them for kindergarten through high school. You didn't used to be able to do that. So you can put an extra 10 grand in that. And, you know, a lot of people were putting money away, For their kids for college and under the old rules of 529 plans you gotta use them for that now i mean you know you have an extra 10 grand from kindergarten through high school that's nice there's all kinds of things there
0: interesting i ask you this every time we have you on just to make a point when you started doing taxes how many pages were there in the tax code with all the regulations and and what is it now
3: oh it was so much simpler and it's it's funny that very question was posed to us when I was a student. We had the professor came in, and he said when he started in taxes, he he put his hands up in the air and said, this was the rules. He said, now I can't spread my hands wide enough. Oh. And it, it, it becomes infinite, because not only do you have the Congress people in their infinite wisdom making rules, you also have the courts interpreting them. So you have a really good one where you know the, the mortgage interest dropped from, interest on a million dollars to three quarters of a million for any houses that were purchased after the law became effective. So you have to watch out. There's a lot of people, if you already had the house, you can still go ahead and deduct the mortgage on the million. The new one's three quarters of a million. But then a case came out, and this applies to a lot of people, the Voss case, where boyfriend and girlfriend bought a house together. They each took the deduction. The other says, "No, no, no. The limitation is per house. The tax code said no. It's per person, and that's a very common situation, especially here in the Bay Area, where say a gentleman and his girlfriend, or, or any people, buy the house together. They each get the mortgage of seven fifty. So that would mean that if a boyfriend and girlfriend bought the house, they could deduct the interest on a million and a half mortgage instead of just seven hundred and fifty. So you literally would so be, so be better
0: like off not being married and just living together in that situation."
3: Absolutely, and also there's other areas wow. of tax law where that's the t- case as well.
1: Wow, you shouldn't need a tax expert to buy a house. Stephen Moskowitz is with us. And
0: we st- shouldn't discourage <laughs> people getting married.
1: No, I, I wouldn't think so. So, Stephen, what's going to get me audited these days?
3: You know, anything can get you audited, but you should take everything to which you're legally entitled, no more, no less. And if you get audited, so what? It's like if a police officer stops you when you're driving. You wouldn't stop driving. But there's a lot of things. For example, as your income goes up, if you make more than a million dollars, your chances of being audited are 1 in 11. If you go to the other end of the scale, your chances of being audited are 1 in 276. Yeah, we're making so-
1: 325 an hour here in our job. So let's see, that's eleven dollars well, a year. See, so let's, guys let's
3: calculate that out. We're pretty much volunteers. And congratulations on the raises. Thank you. <laughs> is,
0: is that just because they figure um, people making more money are more likely to cheat, or just because the taxes get more complicated and there's, there's more likelihood that you make mistakes? I wouldn't
3: mistakes? say cheating, but it, it gets more complicated, and then you have the opportunities to do all types of things. You know, for example, there's all kinds of fancy things you can do. Suppose, for example, you say, you know, Somebody say living alone, and they say, when I go to my reward, I would like the charity of my choice to have my house. Well, that's nice, but there's no tax benefit to that. But if you set it up while you're alive and you live in the house the rest of your life, but when you do die, the house goes to the charity, you get a tax deduction now. And that can be a big tax deduction. There's all kinds of fancy things you can do. Same way with selling property. Suppose you're going to sell a property. And you say, well, all right. I'm going to sell the property, and then I'm going to take the money and invest it in the stock market, get taxed, the capital gains tax. But if you say, well, I'll give the property to the charity, and then you take a stream of income back from them because they sell the property and there's no tax on them, your lifetime stream of income is going to be greater than if you sold it. There's, there's a of things like that.
1: I can, I can give it to a charity, but they'll give me a stream of income in return?
3: Yes, and those are commonly done and what happened is the charity gets a little something but the big deal here is when the charity sells the property there's no capital gains tax. If you sell the capital gains tax, there's more to invest in the stock market and the bottom line the charity gets more you get more the IRS gets less and that's a good thing.
0: Another thing I know it drives you crazy just because we've talked to you for years this idea that um, in, in kind of uh, you know pop culture that, you know, the week of April 15th is tax season, and there's all these stories about taxes and everything. The tax season's year-round.
3: It sure is, because an awful lot of people go on extension, so that means we have until October 15th to file. But it's the planning, because so many things so many things you need to do before the year ends. Not everything, like some of the pensions you can still do in the next year, but there's so many things that you have to set up. So tax is really a, a year-round idea not it's like going to the doctor you don't just care about your health the day you go for your annual
0: physical that's a good one you it'd be like if i eat year. an apple and go run and go jog before i go to the doctor <laughs> it's very <laughs> similar
3: make up for the five packs of cigarettes a day yeah,
0: yeah. right exactly
1: uh steven moskowitz is a tax attorney he's the uh senior partner at moskowitz llp uh steven we'll, we got to do it again soon uh it's you know it, just to remind ourselves as voters how insane the tax code is, but then as taxpayers, you point out there are some things a lot of people aren't doing that we probably should be. So it's always great to talk. Thanks. The pleasure is mine. Thanks for inviting me. All right, thanks, Steve. Yeah, I tell you, that's the funniest thing about Steve. He will stand there and talk about tax with fire in his eyes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, for as long as you want to talk about it. And 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 he's also, you know, I hate to characterize him, but he's a real lover of liberty. And American principles. And he's no great fan of the tax code and how complicated it is and what it does to people. So he's got this enthusiasm for making sure that people don't give the money grubbers of the government more than a dime more than they should and
0: it's so damn interesting frustrating and scary to find out that a lot of cases that he's fought where you know he's represented people in a, in, a, in a court of law mm-hmm. this judge will go this way this judge will go that way right I mean it, you just you need to know the judge
1: you, you literally have tax laws where uh, there have been 21 decisions. On whether this is legal or not. You'd think and it'd be it's black 11 and white.
0: yes and 10 no. You would think on something like tax should would be completely black and white, and it's not, just right. like everything else.
1: Right. And so you go into an audit, and the auditor will say to you, the government auditor will say, oh, no, no, no. Jones versus Mississippi says this is completely yeah, illegal. The, the, they don't tell you that there are a dozen cases that say it's fine.
0: Right. You talk about un American. To me, the most un American thing is that my own government, who I'm paying for, if they audit me, and they and I make a mistake. They could point it out, but they won't. No, it's a prosecu- prosecutorial. They're out to get as system. much as they can, not to be right. fair, not to come up with the fair amount. Right? They're trying. If they can screw me, they will. It's like right. which Thanks is amazing.
3: Taking my money. Exactly.
0: exactly. Way to sum it up, baby. <laughs> Speak way to truth, cut through power. That's a way to cut through the clutter. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm fired up. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.